Hey there, softies. Thanks for tuning in this month for a new episode. It's Barely, your host here on A Soft Mess. I'm excited to share today's episode with everyone because we'll be talking about a topic I've been thinking a lot about lately, and that's asexuality. If you don't know much about or haven't heard about asexuality, don't worry, you're not alone. I think the first time I learned about asexuality in terms of humans was through a Tumblr post online. So let's just say it's definitely not a highly spoken about topic, and when it is talked about, a lot of the times there's misconceptions and it's misunderstood. I know that a lot of the times when people hear the word asexual, they, they think of like a celibate priest or a nun, but it's really not like that. In order to delve into the asexuality spectrum and to better understand how it shows up in my life, I interviewed a couple of different people about their experience with asexuality. One of the main takeaways from the interviews was that there's no one way to explore and to be asexual. I'm excited to get into the black, the white, and all the grays in between. But before we move on to our guest interviews, I wanted to share some words with you. Words of the week. Words of the week. Words of the week. Yeah, words. This week, we'll be defining asexual, and allosexual. An asexual person is someone who does not experience sexual attraction. That's the only qualification. So there's no asexual type, and there really aren't any assumptions you can make about an asexual person other than the fact that they don't experience sexual attraction, or if they're somewhere in the middle of, you know, on the asexual spectrum, they experience sexual attraction very rarely or in only in certain circumstances. On the other hand, an allosexual person is someone who experiences sexual attraction. And that's the only necessary quality to be allosexual. There's not a way to be allosexual, not like one way to be allosexual, and there's no certain characteristics or type that you need to be in order to be allosexual. You just need to experience sexual attraction. So I just, I want to make a note here and say that the act of having sex does not make someone allosexual. Just like the act of not having sex is not what makes someone asexual. Someone who experiences sexual attraction can choose to be celibate. Just like someone who doesn't experience sexual attraction can choose to have sex. What's not a choice, though, is that attraction or lack thereof. And as you'll hear from our guests, asexual people experience love, dating, intimacy, and sex in all different ways, just like you'd expect from any person. Next, you'll be hearing from our guests. They'll tell us a little bit about themselves And then I'll ask them questions about their identities, about coming out as asexual, about what it's like to make friends and even date, and other things when it comes to asexuality from their perspectives. If you're new to the topic of asexuality, I hope that these interviews give you a bit of insight 
into the spectrum. At the very least, I hope it'll spark some curiosity within you to explore the different types of sexualities that are out there and to understand that the way that you're feeling about sex and intimacy and love and relationships isn't necessarily how other people are experiencing that and feeling it. So you're going to have to ask questions. You're going to have to think about it. And you're going to have to listen to other people's answers instead of assuming that everyone feels the same way. This podcast episode is the first steps of doing that. You don't have to ask any questions. You just have to sit back and listen to the answers. pronouns. I'm 27 years old and I just recently moved back to Vermont after having left for about four and a half years to sort of bounce around the country for a while Um, and I'm really happy to be here to talk about asexuality with you. Hey there I'm Emily. Um, I'm an artist. You can find me on Instagram um, under ASDFIWIK link in the comments. My name is Keisha. I use she, they pronouns. I am non-binary female. I really enjoy learning, and I also really enjoy teaching. Hi, my name is Liz. My pronouns are they, them. I'm gray asexual. I like to garden and... To program. Well, now that we've gotten those introductions out of the way, I want to talk about identity. How do y'all identify in general? And how does asexuality show up in your lives? I identify as a 27-year-old leftist. Um, I'm non-binary, asexual, queer, disabled, Italian, Christian witch um, who tries their hardest. I think that uh, some people get tripped up on a lot of those things, but people definitely get tripped up when I say both asexual and queer instead of just one or the other. For me, I know that I'm asexual because I don't really experience sexual attraction, but in a bigger picture, I'm queer because the way that I engage in my relationships and the feelings that I have for people of any gender. Uh, Queer is also like a political label for me, so it's important for me to hold on to that. Asexuality shows up really in the way that I relate to other people. I feel like the most sentient part of my asexuality has to do with the type of friend I am and the way that I value my friendships. Um, I feel a very deep, very strong connection to my friends that's markedly different from the way that my allosexual counterparts feel toward their friends, and I don't think that that would be there if I weren't asexual. Uh, My friends are my family, and I want a future with my friends. I want to build a happy life with them, and I want to be a team or a unit, which is the way that people often think about 
they're romantic partnerships, but I really just apply that way of thinking to my friends. Um, they're the most important people to me, for sure. I'm sex-neutral, sex-repulsed, aromantic, and in a world where literally everything is sexualized, navigating can be exhausting. I personally simplify it to it being a me issue and not everybody else's issue. I've learned to tune it out. I don't really pay much attention, so that, that gets really awkward when I um, recommend a movie or something, and... <laughs> So, um, with consumable media, again, I tune out the sexual aspects of it. By default, I don't really pay much attention. Being ace, though, doesn't really affect me on a social level, whereas being aromantic affects me more, as well as my identity. But on the flip side, when I write, um, it's harder to explain or write about feelings that I don't have or I can't um I can't describe so I really try to avoid that aspect in writing so asexuality showed up in my life in that I've uh dated and even married uh, asexual people before and currently am romantically involved with a couple of asexual people um, I was often uncertain if I identified as ace or not because I usually like having sex and have like a want for sex with some frequency. Over the last couple years, some things have become clear to me that like I kind of prefer like building like longer, stronger relationships romantically without sex pressure and like don't I realized with a you know a recent uh, new partner of mine that I don't need sex to feel a uh, culmination in an intimate loving relationship and I kind of like prefer not having it I enjoy being able to grow with someone and like when there's expectations of like sex it just fills up so much time and so much space in my head and I like to do that but like I, I don't know I need more I think like emotional space from people and so the I I would sort myself as gray ace because of that. Asexuality rarely surfaces in my day-to-day -day life and that's why I take opportunity to bring it up. I think it was prevalent when I was trying to figure out what was wrong with me growing up. Spoilers, there's nothing wrong with me. I was certain I was messed up in the head because I didn't have any crushes in middle school. They made me want to repress everything I ever wanted to do for myself. You'll grow out of it, they said, and it got more annoying the older I got. And I even currently get riders in my Ubers that talk to me about the babies I'm gonna have. It's bad. <laughs> Also, I'm an asexual furry, so I feel like I'm taking it from every end. Media, society, peers, they're all misinformed when they talk smack. We should be focusing on bigger issues than castrating the same people we invade the privacy of. That's what being asexual is. It's justice. What about coming out as asexual or 
telling people about your asexuality. Do you find that you have had to do that in a public kind of way, or was it more private? Have you not had to do it at all? What's, uh, what's that like? I didn't really have um, a coming out moment in terms of my asexuality or really my queerness in general either. Um, it was more something that I just sort of grew into. And in terms of being asexual, it wasn't something that I always knew I was. Uh, I think I realized that the word was a good match for me after I graduated college. Uh, to this day, I still identify as queer as well. And I think if I had to put my finger on it, I would call myself an asexual queer. Um, saying that I'm asexual queer romantic doesn't even really fit well enough, but asexual queer feels right. Um, I don't really have a coming out story, like I said, but it was just something that I gradually integrated into the ways that I talk about myself. And that's sort of how it was with my queerness too. I always knew that I was different. I never had crushes or like heartthrobs. Um, my parents at one point thought I might be gay or might be transsexual. They were really supportive of it either way. Luckily, um, where I grew up, there was a large gay community, so it wasn't like I was out of place. I never really had a name for how I felt until like 2015. Um, even though I've heard the term in passing, it didn't really apply to me. Coming out, it was, that was interesting. It wasn't really coming out. Um, I had, I was going out to dance for a while and I'd have um, friends stay at my apartment and I got, I, I was having some issues with a friend who I think wanted, it was a whole thing. And so um, I got, I asked for some advice and then eventually it's just like, cause everybody would be like, oh, are, are you gonna see them? Um, oh, when, when are you guys gonna start dating? Or like asking about like sexual stuff, like just weird. So um, eventually it's just like, hey, here's, here's the thing. So I, don't think I've ever publicly said before that I'm asexual, like, because I've often questioned the label for myself, which reminded me of the uh, Are You Really Trans episode. But, uh, you know, I I accept it now and I'm ready to, to do that. But, I, like, aside from, you know, partners and friends, like, haven't talked to anybody about it. And uh, it's a very new thing that I'm exploring and learning for myself. So I came out to all of my family members uh, at various points. Um, my mom, when I came out to her, it was really awkward because I was talking about having a shower with my boyfriend and my mom was like, I don't like you doing that. And I'm like, why? And she's like, because you could be having sex. <laughs> and I had to inform her that I am asexual. I don't have sex. Um, I'm, like, really asexual. It just it doesn't register for me. It's not my thing. So she was 
like, she was so confused, like, looking at me. It was like, this person, I don't relate to them, and now I don't relate to her even more. <laughs> and it was just interesting to watch that. My, uh, my dad, um, I stopped talking to my dad about sex stuff because I usually get the you'll grow out of it, I'll wait till you're older kind of thing. I'm 22, I've not once wanted to have sex that much. It's It was an experimental thing. It's like, that was the phase. Sex was the phase. Um, my sister, I don't remember when I told her, but she's always been really cool with it. She's the only person who isn't hella awkward around it. It's nice. Most importantly, I have to come out as ace to the people I want to get close to because my intimate relationships are unique and sacred. Terms like sleeping together and kink take on new meanings because the best play is foreplay. <laughs> I cemented my suspicions of my sexuality when I had sex with uh, the boyfriend I was showering with that I mentioned earlier. Uh, we had sex and immediately after I was like, okay, yep, nope. Not again, please. They were like, okay. Do you find that it's harder for you to make friends with people that are allosexual versus making friends with people who are on the asexual spectrum? Or do you find that you don't really get a chance to meet a lot of asexual people? What's the, what's the relationship, friendship, dating kind of world look like to you? have not met that many asexual people in my life um but when I do meet them I feel like there's definitely a sense of camaraderie there and a sense that we understand each other but even then I think I feel more of a connection with people if they are queer as well or if they use it in conjunction with asexuality um talking to allosexuals and making relationships with them is only hard if there are some negative dynamics in their romantic relationship um just because there are times that i don't really understand some of the negative dynamics that can come up like possessiveness or obsession um i'm not saying that that's how it always is but it definitely can come along with romance because of the unhealthy ways that we are taught to think about romance that are all tied up in patriarchy and capitalism. And it just feels sort of yucky to me. Uh, sex and capitalism both feel yucky. Um, I don't date. And, and part of it is because I can't connect to them on the same level. I also don't find too many people who are interested in the same things I am, so which is fine. It's kind of exhausting, though, uh, especially talking to people my own age where a lot of their issues are relationship. I feel a sense of uh, kinship with other ace folk. Uh, dating and making friends are in general hard for me. And I've been reflecting on the fact that I've never been comfortable with asking, like, hey, wanna fuck? Or similar with someone who I haven't connected with and communicated with about that stuff before. But I've done it a number of times. Uh, I think a lot of allosexual people have been, like, weirded out by my awkwardness around getting on level, re-sexual intimacy. 
Like that's that's something that like plays into my asexuality a lot. Is like I really need to be checking in and feeling like I'm on the same communication wavelength with anyone else involved. And uh, a lot of the time, I've like run into people just being like weirded out by that. <laughs> I think it was scary uh, in my earlier relationships because there was a lot of expectation there um, and I wasn't really sure about myself. So when I got close to people, I got scared and it ended in a lot of burnt bridges and the, uh, the fallout was really nasty. Um, but now that I have confidence in myself, I, uh, I'm really excited to know that I'm eye candy and I can use that people and like I don't really care if there's an expectation for sex because I understand my own consensual needs and boundaries and I have the ability to speak up for myself because I know what's up with me and I can put it to words which is always nice. Are there any celebrities or any media representation that you can think of about asexuality that is particularly good. I mean, there's always room for misrepresentation and miscommunication when it comes to media portrayal and celebrity activists and stuff like that, but is there anything particularly good happening in the realm of asexuality in popular culture? Yeah, I don't know of any asexual celebrities. I feel like very few people openly talk about asexuality. Um, I've never seen an asexual character on TV or in a movie other than a single documentary I watched that was specifically about asexuality. And even then, I don't really remember there were many asexual queer couples represented in that documentary either. It's rare to see asexuality represented in consumable media, much less when people are are out. People, there have been a couple people that they think, based on their writings or their habits, have been asexual, but it's really hard to um, say because they themselves have not said so. You can you can talk about it all day long, but at the end of the day, it's only speculation. So, like, one of the first people you think of is Morsi, who should not be the face of asexuality, much less anything else. Um, you think of Tesla, but, again, it neither confirmed or denied. So I had to Google this. So um, Tim Gunn is ace, which is pretty cool. Um, Bradford Cox of Deer Hunter is ace, and I didn't know that, and I really like Deer Hunter. Um, T.E. Lawrence was ace, but again, no impact. Dolly, uh, has made statements about being ace, and so out of the four people I've listed, he by far had the biggest impact on my life, and his work has a special place in my heart. And he just kind of proves you don't have to conform to a box that society puts you in. And apparently a lot of writers and poets are ace, so, but again, neither confirmed or denied. Uh, the only uh, kind of like celebrity thing that came to mind for me was that uh, Wiz Khalifa has a couple songs with uh, just like lines that are extremely affirming of enthusiastic consent culture 
and like those lines as like throwaways and like a you know rap song just like made me so happy because I feel like a lot of uh, popular music and stuff uh, might be like avoiding that you know like the blurred lines song and stuff like that and like Wiz Khalifa has some like I'm not super familiar with all this stuff but he has some lines that are just basically like hey are you into this like right before you know and like I'm just like yeah hell yeah this guy like has lines in his raps about this that's awesome I uh I don't know of any asexual role models which is a big shame and I aim to fix that I really want asexuality to be more of a thing that people understand just inherently um I remember the only exposure I had to asexuality before I came out was an episode of House where they spent the entire episode being like, what, you can't possibly be asexual, and then like trying to prove the person wrong about being asexual, and it was like this really uncomfortable thing, and I wanted to relate to that episode, but it was so hard to do that because of the stigma around it and the way everyone reacted so I I held off on even venturing down that road for another 10 years so I guess that leads me into one of my last questions um why do you think there's such a stigma when it comes to asexuality and what would have to change in our world to make that go away? I think the stigma is really because it's all very wrapped up in patriarchy and capitalism. The nuclear family directly benefits and upholds capitalism. If everyone in the middle class buys a car and a house and has their own defined space with nobody else in it, instead of living in maybe like a multi-generational home or with other families, then there's more money made by the bank on mortgages. Uh, Asexuality defies that norm. Why would I get a studio apartment when I can live with my friends and their children, whom I would undoubtedly love? Uh, I don't want children, but in the world I did, I couldn't think of any better thing than living alongside of a friend and their children, raising them together, having a big family and a big support system. And there's nothing romantic or sexual going on between me me and my partner and my friend and their partner. We just raise our families together. Uh, If I wanted kids, I couldn't imagine anything better than that. It would teach them so much. And um, it would afford the adults in the house an in-house support network when it comes to parenting. Um, What would have to change? I guess what would have to change is the fact that we are experiencing global capitalism. I feel like that is a really big start, but it's the start that I'm thinking of. Because the society we live in is so sexualized from like clothing to watches. Um, When you open up a magazine, you see an inanimate object sexualized, um, alcohol, cigarettes, um, shoes, just because that's what sells. 
Um, so you have to address that with the capitalistic society we live in and then flip it on top of how we deal with buying and selling. But you can normalize it as well. So people who are in non-romantic relationships and that you don't invalidate people who may or may not be out. Um, another thing would be asexual people who have a sex drive. Um, that should be normalized as well. They're not any less valid. Um, but honestly, that like are just normal people. I think the stigma against asexuality is thousands of years in the making worldwide. Um, and it's, uh, you know, one of the most challenging pieces of mass society to fix. People who don't want to have sex uh, might be seen as broken. And it seems like the average person would be shocked to hear that somebody loves their spouse but doesn't want to have sex with them. If you tell a random person you love your partner but don't want to have sex with them, it's extremely likely that person will assume you're lying about loving your partner or something is medically wrong with you or there are problems with your partner or your relationship. This implicit invalidation of an individual's right to embrace their own lack of expression or expression of sexuality is, in my view, wide-reaching and normalized, again, like for thousands of years. I think the Me Too movement and similar surges in awareness and activism around consent are rays of hope for dismantling oppression of ace folk. But again, I think it's, you know, one of the most entrenched, like, problems of this kind in society and uh, will take a lot of work and time to fix, and I'm not sure how to do that. I, uh, I feel like there are a lot of different key figureheads in the world that have uh, kind of both popularized sexuality and at the same time hid it from the public view. So it's this thing where people assume that everyone is having sex and also nobody should be talking about it. I have issues with both of those ideas. I think to change it, we'd have to really make an effort at just normalizing conversations like that, you know? Normalizing characters that don't have sex, like, like the kid shows, you know? They, you think about it, most of those characters are asexual based on the information you have on them, other than the, like, parents sometimes. <laughs> But, yeah, it's, I think asexuality is really normal, and I think people need to be told that. And our last question. What do you want to say to the world, from your perspective, when it comes to asexuality? I just want people to know that I love people, and I love them hard. When I love you, I protect you and defend you and I hold you and comfort you. And if anybody ever comes for you, I'm coming for them. Um, that's how hard that I love my friends and it's emotional and spiritual and sacred. Um, the way that I love them, I have a rich and dynamic life with my friends and I'm not sure 
that non-asexual or non-romantic people really understand how that is for me. I have a difficult time explaining it. Um, friendship is its own kind of romance for me, I guess. Um, that no one's broken and please don't use chill when you mean sex. And if I invite you back to a drink, there's no other strings attached. Communication and consent are extremely important and, in my opinion, often disregarded and mishandled. Take your time to talk about things. Don't rush into physical intimacy with someone who isn't enthusiastically consenting. I am not innocent or pure. I'm not a snob. I know I look like a lesbian, and yes, I'll embrace that 100%. I'm not a liar when I talk about shit like this. Words cause irreparable damage, so stop with the delusions that everyone needs or wants to have kids, sex, or inappropriately timed conversations. I'm an educator at heart, not a miracle worker. Ask for my number, and don't be creepy, and we can talk about it. I love talking about the variable it. Well, that's all I've got for you this month, softies. I hope that our talk about asexuality got you curious, made you think, and maybe even validated some of the feelings that you've been having but couldn't label yourself. Stay tuned for next month's episode where we'll be talking about dating while trans and all of the good stuff that comes with it. In the meantime, while you're waiting for the next hot episode to drop, you can go ahead and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Anchor, anywhere that you listen to your podcasts, really. And uh, yeah, share some episodes with your friends, re-listen to some old episodes. I know that it's the tail end of May, but our first full episode of A Soft Mess was actually in May, so happy one year to us. And that episode, I, uh, I went back and listened to it myself at the beginning of this month. It's all about self-care and paying attention to you. Hashtag me time may. And yeah, go ahead and rate us five stars on iTunes. That's probably the uh, quickest way that you can show your support. It helps people find the podcast and it makes me feel really good to read your reviews. So let me know what you think. Until next time, softies, be good, do good, and stay soft. And remember, Honey Bear is always, always here for you.